Bango chair? Put it in reverse, chair! Big milestone today. Big, big episode. Got got three of us back on here for the first time in a while. Brady, what episode is it today? 69. Episode 69. We made it to the 69th episode of this thing. I don't know how many people listen. It's not that many. But uh, at least 15 people have listened to 69 episodes. I'll take that. Um, Brady... I've uh, for the last month or so, I've been more and more impressed every day with your very fast mile time. Uh, William, I don't know if you've been keeping up. Brady ran a mile in seven minutes and three seconds. I've been I've been trying to catch up on a treadmill. Uh, I want to make that clear. Well, this morning on the way home, actually, William, you go ahead and show your appreciation for his mile time first before I finish. Okay, so Brady, that's really impressive. Um, <laughs> I mean, you've always been sneaky fast. It's true. And, uh, yeah, I'm just – I mean, we're getting older, man. Like we were just talking about earlier, we got to take care of our bodies. <laughs> Drink take some care, water. Take care of my body <laughs> with this ice-cold beer right here. Four, four craft cocktails, koozie on it. Um, I've been running occasionally. I stopped on the way home from work this morning at the VMI track, decided I was going to run a mile. It's the first mile I've ran on, like, flat ground. 738. Nice. That's not, not bad, Wes. I was hurting bad. Were you hauling at that hauling ass on the last lap trying to beat me? I didn't. I purposely did purposely did not look at my phone until I finished to see what the time was. Like my head started started getting a pounding headache on the last lap. I just wanted to make sure I got to the finish line. I wish we recorded that. That, that would have been good. Maybe I'll do that next time. It was pretty foggy. You could only see about a quarter of the track. But I enjoyed it. I did not actually enjoy it at all. I was happy to get under eight minutes, but uh, um, that was not fun. But I was proud. Uh, quick question. Was it Billy Bob's number and Varsity Blues number 69? 69. Yeah. You're my soldier, William Robert. Yep. Episode 69, uh, there's some golf to talk about. Not much playing golf to talk about. Uh, I mean, the BMW was okay. I didn't watch a whole lot of it. Patrick Cantley won. Uh, second year in a row, he's won the BMW championship. I think they said he's the first person in this newer playoff era to win the same playoff tournament back-to-back years. Did he win the, the tour championship last year? Yeah. He won both, yeah. The second yep. and so he uh i don't know where he's starting right now it's not first scotty scheffler starting first i actually had it on my phone earlier he's second he's eight under um he would have been first if sander shoffley had made the the last put on 18 it would have i don't know the details behind it but it would have moved uh patrick cantley up into the first spot over scotty scheffler if xander had made that putt i'm not sure how that works but i did hear that um i'm guessing he would have jumped scheffler yeah, somehow. Um, Scheffler starting at 10 under, Cantley 8 under. Will Zalatoris would have been starting at 7 under. He withdrew from the BMW with a back injury, pulled out of the Tour Championship now. He's got like two herniated discs, apparently. And yeah, did you, did you that see that? Him automatically finish in 30th and therefore gets the prize money for 30th? I did not. That's kind of weird. I mean, I guess it's only fair, but that kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, I, I would take the 30th place prize money. I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm sure it's okay. But, I mean, he could have limped out there and probably gotten. Yeah, that's true. Starting at, yeah, he's starting seven shots ahead of, I don't, five shots ahead of basically half of the field. Mm-hmm. So, um, did, did you see the video of him, like, getting his back cracked on the golf course? I did. It, it looks like, it, you know, Bradley Goodbar 
or one of our buddies doing it to us. That's what I looked like. That's what I looked like tonight trying to trying to give two kids a bath at the same time. That's what it looks like. It was like wrestling an alligator in a bathtub. Yeah. Um, Xander Shoffley's fourth. Sam Burns uh, on down the list. Aaron Wise is is thirtieth. Who will now finish no worse than 29th, apparently. Um, I see where you cut off there right after. <laughs> did you see that? I still, I still like Cameron Smith. I can't, I can't bring myself to dislike him. I'm not happy with him right now, but I still kind of like him. Well, you got the perfect pairing for somebody to be right up in his ass. What are the pairings? I'm, I only see a couple of them. I didn't save the, the full list. I see like Scheffler and Cantlay, Shoffley and Burns. Cam Smith and Rory, so that'll be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. The uh the the face of Liv right now, allegedly still, and the face of the PGA at the moment going head to head for do they change it up after every round here now? I don't know. Based on score. I feel like they do, but I'm not positive about that. It'd be nice if I could get some featured coverage for Tony Finau since he doesn't have a shot in hell with Sep Straka as his partner. Hey, Seb Straka played well last two weeks ago, and uh, oh, even yeah. even if you did get seats, even if you did get your Tony Finau featured coverage, he would tee off at one o'clock, and your featured coverage wouldn't start till three, so you'd miss half his rounds anyway. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, big news about the tournament this week was the Zalatoris withdrawal. I lost my pen somewhere. I don't know where to put it. Um. I don't really have a whole lot to talk about about the tour championship this week. There's uh to East Lake, like it always is really nice looking course, but I, I don't know. To me, East Lake has never really stood out as a course that should be the last course of the year. William, you probably can talk a little bit more about the course because I don't know that much about it. I know sort of the history of Bobby Jones and all that stuff, but as far as like the very last tournament of the year that decides the tour championship, I feel like East Lake is just kind of, I don't really know why it's in that spot. I'm not trying to talk bad about it, but just kind of seems a little out of place to me. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it's hosted the tour championship for quite some time. Like ever, like even before the uh, FedEx cup. Um, I guess, I guess the but, history of it yeah. makes more sense. With Bobby but, Jones. That's yeah. And, um, yeah, so I was t- when I was in Atlanta last month. I was texting you. Know, my cousin kind of lives near there, and they had already had everything set up. You can see it from the road. It's like historically, it's not in a nicer part of Atlanta, but it's being gentrified, and East Lake has kind of rejuvenated that neighborhood. Uh, but yeah, that's where Bobby Jones learned to play golf. That used to be at Atlanta uh, Athletic Club. And that's now like in North Atlanta, but yeah, just the history. It's a cool layout. And uh, I mean, the course is kind of built to host a big event like that. So it, it kind of makes sense overall, you know. Do you, do you have any nominations for what you'd put there? Obviously, Augusta. I wouldn't change one. I mean, I guess it's kind of, it is kind of cool having it as the same course every year. I do kind of like that, but I don't think. I mean, I guess you could take one of the the U.S. Open or PGA rotation courses and throw in for something like that, but they kind of have their own place in those major championships. So, I don't know. All, all the other courses that, like, you can think of host a U.S. Open or a PGA championship. So, it, I mean, they, they get their spot, I guess. It would be kind of cool. Like, I wish they would play a tournament at Pine Valley one time. Like, you never get to see – it's always the number one rated course in the country, and you never get to see it on anything because it's so – ridiculously private and they have no interest in hosting a tournament it sounds like but it would be cool to have something like that there yeah the um well did you see that like jordan speed and michael growler played there uh, earlier, yeah earlier this week because it's it's like an hour from wilmington delaware it's like southern new jersey and so did uh uh scotty scheffler and ted scott uh, it's easier to play Pine Valley than it is Augusta National. Like, like if if you're a member at a like a club or you know you know you know some people, you, they'll 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 get you on out there. I mean, you're gonna have to pay for it, but it's not like Augusta National that's like impossible to get on. But uh, 
So the tour championship used to change venues. So it started in 87. And it's been held at Pebble Beach, Harbortown, Pinehurst, Olympic Club, Southern Hills, um, uh, Champions Club in Houston. And uh, East Lake has hosted it every year since 2004. And I don't know so, about I don't know about Champions Club, but all those other ones you mentioned I know have hosted majors recently. Mm-hmm. So, it was Harbor Town hosts the or, yeah, um, Harbor Town has hosted a major, but very well known, of course. Exactly. No, I just I think it's just easy for them to keep just from working the PGA Championship last year. A lot of those events will kind of move all the uh, like stands and tents around and. East Lake's a big property. Like my buddy uh, Sean used to caddy there, like last year, and uh, they got a lot of corporate space, a lot of you know, a lot of storage um, units to keep all that stuff. So it, it just kind of, especially in a big metropolitan area like Atlanta as well, it just kind of makes sense for them to host it, I guess. I think it would sort of make sense to me if they hosted it in like like West Palm beach where the PGA headquarters are. If they, if they did it at Sawgrass, if they took the players and moved it somewhere else and then had the tour championship at Sawgrass, but then the the players get so much money down there and so many people. And it's always one of the best fields of the year. And which we're going to talk about that later. A lot of that is going to change a little bit. So I, I think the PGA tour would kind of be hard pressed to move the players championship somewhere else as much as good of a reputation as it has now, but it would be kind of cool or it would make sense at least to me if they had the tour championship there where they're kind of headquartered at. Mm-hmm. It's also like, I don't know, you might think of it like the Super Bowl though, if they moved it around to get some, you know, some business strung up for some different cities. That's, that's kind of the only reason it really surprises me that they're just happy having it and having it on the, on the East coast, like no, no West coast love. And I guess the thing about moving it around too and why they wouldn't want to do that is because there's only 30 players. It would make more sense. Like if they had it at Sawgrass every year where there were only 30 players coming and then they moved the players championship around every year when they had 150 players that was the best field in golf every year and they could take that to East Lake one year and Houston one year and Chicago and kind of move that around and sort of unofficially officially make it the fifth major yeah um on the other side of that don't you think that maybe they wouldn't like if you've gone to east lake and saw and seen the top 30 players that you might not be very quick to buy your ticket for next year assuming that you're probably going to see most of the same guys yeah yeah i mean i don't i don't think i make a very good argument for wanting to move it it's just something that piqued my curiosity wondered why it was in at east lake and not somewhere else well, in the uh, PGA of America, they just moved their headquarters to Frisco, Texas, in Dallas. And, and don't so, they have the Division Three football championship in Frisco, Texas now? Mm-hmm. But no all the other, all of the other uh, 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 FedEx playoff events are they they move them around. Like this year was the first year of the St. Jude being part of that, but it's all just corporate stuff, you know, FedEx. Um, having um, the big sponsor for the St. Jude being in Memphis and all that corporate money in Atlanta with Coca-Cola and all that stuff and Home Depot and all that. So, And we'll get into some of the changes later. There's a lot of changes happening on the PGA Tour coming up um, that we'll talk about that's going to make a difference in where tournaments are and what tournaments are big tournaments and the players that are playing in certain tournaments. But um, – Last week, going back to the BMW, the only other thing that was really newsworthy that happened other than Cantley winning and, uh, and Zalatoris withdrawing was the the uh, remote control ball with Rory. Um, I don't. First of all, I don't know how that guy just like walked out there inside the ropes and just stood right beside the green. He was very obviously out of place and just standing right on the edge of the green with the remote control controlling this ball, and Rory threw it into the water, which I thought was great. Guy looked like he was pissed that Rory picked his ball up and threw it, but I don't know exactly what he expected. He should have gotten tackled. I mean, it's it's funny, but 
the whole scene was funny, but like that's just a douchey move. I mean, we've all been to golf tournaments before. It's like, yeah, I mean, but... all that all that stuff is funny, and streakers at football games are funny, and people running on the baseball field are funny. But then you kind of like when you sit there and think about it from the player's perspective, you never know who's going to walk out there and stab you with a knife like they did the tennis player, whoever she was. I don't remember her name. That also can't be worth it to, to do that, to lose your remote control ball and probably get banned for like, you, I'm pretty sure you get arrested. You get taken to jail. Yeah. Yeah. There's who no was way. That guy, who was that guy in the 2021 Super Bowl who did a prop bet there would be a streaker? And then he ran out <laughs> there to win the money. Yeah. yeah. And his, his bail was like two grand and he won like that's, half that's a million dollars. Big brain stuff there. <laughs> There was a guy. Couple, there, was... <laughs> there was a guy a couple years ago at a golf tournament somewhere that like had a golf club with him and a couple balls and just walked out onto the fairway and hit a couple iron shots. I don't know how. Like if you walk into a golf course into a golf tournament carrying a golf club, somebody's got to think you're going to do something. Well, there's also another incident with Rory where the guy like went over and like grabbed his driver. Yeah, that was this he, he, earlier this year. But I mean. Wes, you've, I mean, when we were at the Wyndham last year, the two of us, like a lot of those people are who are like security are like volunteers and, you know, they're Mimo and Peepaw from yeah. Greensboro. There's like the, the <laughs> they're video. They're not very spry. There's a video you see all the time of that guy. Like people, it looks like people are going into a football game and there's an old guy there. Just he's not really patting him down. He just kind of waves his arms and like, all right, yeah, go on in. And then you go somewhere and they won't let your like, 14-year-old daughter into a football game because she's got a purse that's seven inches instead of six inches big or something like that. So, I don't know. I mean, I get it. I understand all the security stuff, especially the way things are now, but I feel like a little common sense goes a long ways. I still don't understand the what you can bring on an airplane and what you can't. I don't understand how I can't bring shaving cream, but I can bring a razor. <laughs> I, I'm not condoning uh, anyone smoking marijuana, but I was in the Denver airport and I did have some like, gummies and I had my, my toothpaste was over three ounces. I think I had four ounce toothpaste. I got through with those uh, THC gummies and the guy made the biggest deal. <laughs> I mean, I was in Colorado leaving the state, but um, it's, you know, just, it's legalized there, but the guy was like freaking out about my four ounce toothpaste, which I traveled six times prior through six different airports. And it just doesn't make any sense. That extra ounce was the difference. <laughs> yeah. God well, forbid you brush your teeth when you get to Colorado. Well, I was leaving Colorado, but uh, I mean, I'm not going to drop any names, but we have, we have a, friend of ours that snuck into the 2011 world world series game in st louis by finding the oldest ticket attendant giving him the ticket and spinning around him <laughs> what just like a fake ticket yeah like an old ticket well i noticed we went to the orioles game a couple weeks ago and we could have very easily just walked in and nobody would have noticed. Like there were so many people there and they're all old and they're scanning things and you scan it on somebody's phone and it's not working. And you could just get there and wait till they go to scan somebody's phone and it takes a while and you could just walk straight past them and they would never see you. Get the free t-shirt and everything. And I did get a free t-shirt, but I paid for my ticket. Pre-9-11, my dad used to get into Virginia Tech football games with the ticket from two seasons ago. Like they would always play the same team and he would just... He would have the ticket from two seasons ago. I I know when I was in college, we used to have to work some of the UVA football games. We they would bus us down to UVA, and we would take tickets. And I got stuck in like where the students all come in on that side, and we had the little scanners, and you you're supposed to scan their like student ID card, and it lights up green if they can come in, and it lights up lights up red if they can't. I'm not going to tell anybody they can't come in. I was just scanning the thing, and I would just tell them to go in. <laughs> don't really care they're not paying me to do this you can go in if you want i would have told everyone at a uva football game that they can't come in <laughs> do you know who my dad is 
A lot of them probably would have said that if I had tried to deny them. I, I wasn't uh, starting any confrontations there. I was an 18-year-old. I didn't know what I was doing. And they stuck me there to take tickets at a UVA game. Um, the other tournament last week, William, I know you're big on the uh, the U.S. Amateur Tournament. I watched actually more of that than I did the BMW last week. Sam Bennett won. He's fifth-year senior at Texas A&M. Uh, he beat Ben Carr in the final. I think he went goes to Georgia Southern. Um, yep. I don't know either of these two fellas, but Sam Bennett kind of got on my nerves. He was uh, cocky. He was really good, but he was slow. He was really, really, really slow. I don't know. If, I don't know if you watched any of it, but it was super slow to watch. He uh, he was bordering on Patrick Cantley levels when he would get over the ball. It would take him that long to hit it. Yeah, I uh, I didn't get to watch a lot of the uh, uh, week over the weekend. I watched it during the week last week. Uh, actually, one of my coworkers' sons got to the round of thirty-two in the match play and ended up losing. Um, Round of 32 on the 18th hole, but I uh, just kind of kept up with it after that. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, that's just a really deep field. I mean, anybody can win that tournament. You know, anyone who gets through the round of, like, 64-32, you know, they can win. Everyone's about the same skill level. And, you know, it's anywhere from 18 to, I think, 50. It's fun to watch. I like watching US... the match play stuff. That's a lot of fun to me. It's just yeah, a little more strategy, which is which is fun and um, yeah, just uh, say it's like grittier golf. It's not as manicured as the PGA Tour. And I think I think it's just a, a cool, fun event. It's it's just super tough to win, in my opinion. Like I've said in the past, so um, and you know some of the best names ever in golf have won it so if you do well in that it usually translates to pretty pretty good pga career sticking with our theme of shitty tv coverage uh they play 36 holes on the last day the final match head to head play 18 take a break then play 18 more they played the first 18 took a break came back second round started at 145 no tv coverage until two o'clock what else are they doing? Like this is this channel is is specifically to cover this golf tournament. They have nothing else going on, but they can't cover the whole thing. I mean, I know it's only fifteen minutes. They probably only missed two shots as slow as this guy was playing. But what else are you doing? Um, I I don't know. Maybe just giving Smiley Kaufman and Colt Nose a breather. They were really good on TV, by the way. Smiley Kaufman's a lot better as a commentator than he was as a golfer. Yeah, he just had a good 12-month run as a professional golfer. And he, he won a won tournament, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was he was the final group of the Masters in 2016 with Jordan Spieth. I really like him on TV, though. No, he's a nice, personal guy. And um, Colt knows he won the USAM yeah. in, like, 2007, 2008. So, you know, both former PGA guys, but they were the ones who were doing most of the coverage. I, they might have just been giving them a breather. I'm not really sure. But I, I didn't get to watch any of the um, final day. So, Can we interview a TV guy and just yell at him for, for this terrible coverage? Yes. <laughs> yes, we can. We need to set up the interview, making it seem like uh... – we're going to give them all kinds of praise about all this stuff and then just lay into them about what the hell they're doing. <laughs> Come fight us. We'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings. That's right. Brady, you have four minutes until we need to take a break here halfway through this thing. Give me give me your feelings on the Savannah Bananas. I know you wanted to go off here a little bit. I, for, I forgot I even texted that. I, I don't know that I have feelings on it, but I just don't. I, can someone explain to me what the hell this is and why people watch it? You got a guy on stilts. People are like coming in out of the crowd and pulling off their breakaway pants. Like, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be like the Harlem Globetrotters, but I, I just don't understand. As far, yeah. Without doing too much research, as far as I know, they're part of like an independent league, right? 
It's not like it, they're not minor league baseball. They're an independent it team. Used, it used to be a summer league the first like three years they were around. Maybe that's what it now, is, like a summer I, college team. And that, but like some of these kids aren't in college anymore. I don't, oh, yeah, I don't know. Right. I've been trying to like, because there's some uh, baseball TikTok guy who's just been called up to the Savannah Bananas. He just did like a 20 stadium tour and like, uh, six weeks or something yeah and uh he's on the team now but i mean savannah's about two hours from here and they used to have a minor league team and during like minor league realignment or whatever they 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 got rid of them so i guess they just like let's just make this a really marketable collegiate independently owned baseball because it's not even baseball they're like doing synchronized dances it's a it's it's an exhibition it's an exhibition there's there's uh but they're they're the only team that does it so i don't know what the deal is with the team that plays them like does this count for their record that's what i don't understand yeah they are like in legitimately in a league right i think so yeah and some of the teams that they play are like virginia teams or they were and like the umpires are in on it. The umpires are like doing their TikTok dances and stuff. They have, like they have their own rules. There are separate rules when you play the Savannah Bananas. Like there you, there's a you can you can steal first base at any point in the count. Like if the catcher drops the ball, you can steal first base. There's all kinds of weird stuff. Like you have to, I don't know. There's some weird thing with two outs where you have to do certain stuff. I don't know all the rules. I didn't look them up. Came very unprepared to this podcast tonight when it comes to the Savannah Bananas. But I don't understand how you can be in an official sanctioned league and have your own completely separate rules for your games and it still count for your record and other teams' records that are playing against you. And everybody seems to love it. I, I just want to show up and boo them. Yeah, I'm. I'm also not a fan. We're probably going to get the the 15 people that listen to this thing are probably not going to like us for our take on the Savannah Bananas, but I don't really care. I'm not a fan either. So, yeah, so I don't know how they might do like a before game exhibition where they do all like the cool crazy. There's like the guy with the flaming bat and the dude on stilts, but their record is. 34 and 14. Yeah, I'm not buying it. So, I, I well, ESPN's coming out with that. ESPN Plus is coming out with that show on them. They showed them. They were on TV the other day on ESPN. I don't know. Not not my thing. Um, go fill up your drinks. We're taking a quick break. We'll be right back. We're back. Episode 69. Biggest episode we've ever had. Big deal. Big deal. Uh, Tom Weiskopf, big name in golf, died over the weekend. He was uh, 79 years old. Won the 1973 Open Championship. Won 16 tournaments on the PGA Tour. I think he's a golf course architect. Uh, Still pretty well known in the game he died over the weekend um i don't really know how to transition out of that but oh tiger tiger and rory got something new going on well before we get to that i'm reading um savannah bananas go back to that bs (laughs) baseball uh banana balls only played at home games at uh and is an important number of use. So they have like exhibition games, and that's banana ball. Then it's no bunting. No one's allowed to step out of the batter's box. No mound visits. And if a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out. But when I think of no bunting, I think of the uh, scene of Eastbound and Down with Kenny Powers and was it Reg Mackworth? Um, who's Craig Robinson's character. I can't think of his name now. That sounds right, though. But Stevie's just like, and no bunting. I think of Kent Murphy. Stevie Janowski might be the best character in the history of baseball. Who's Kent Murphy? 
You know the Kent Murphy YouTube videos? Oh, yeah. The mustache, yeah, right? Yeah. I ain't gonna fucking bunt, Chucky. <laughs> I think that just made the title of the episode. <laughs> no, no bunting. <laughs> um, I ain't gonna bunt. Tiger, <laughs> Tiger and Rory got a new, uh, new business venture. Um, I don't really know what to believe, whether this is directly in a, not, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know whether this came about after live, whether this was in the works before hard to tell. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and admit that live has, has actually in a way doing something to make the PGA tour better. Um, there's no way I'll ever admit to that, whether that's true or not, but Tiger and Rory are doing this new thing. It's called Tomorrow Golf, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure this is the part where you need to admit that Liv is doing something. No, there's more. There's more after this, too. I, I don't know. Say, that's the part where I think you might have to admit it, but I don't know if this is the one. Um, I'm not sure what all the details are. Apparently, it's going to start in 2024. The way they described it, it will bring competition golf to stadiums, uh, not necessarily on golf courses. I mean, the first thing that pops into my head is like a top golf kind of thing, which I'm not really thrilled about. Um, but there are apparently a lot of like new technology stuff's going to be involved, which can be kind of cool. Tiger and Rory are involved. I'm going to watch it. They're going to do stuff on Monday nights uh, is what I heard, I believe. Um, let me scroll through my pictures and find where I saved it. Um Monday night golf, stadium-style golf event, 15 Monday night matches, three versus three team competitions, uh, six teams to three, two hours long, ton of cash, no TV partner yet. I'm sure they'll figure that part out. I don't uh, I don't love the idea of a top golf kind of thing, if that's what it's going to be. But like I said, I'm, I'm tuning in if it's Tiger and Rory. I heard it was going to be more like a simulator for the first part of it. And then like live chipping and putting is, is what I saw. I know Tiger's been involved with all these, like uh, he's designed a bunch of putting courses, um, stuff like that. So maybe that that'll Florida, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So maybe some of that stuff, but I'm sure, I'm sure with those names attached and new technology and stuff, I'm going to watch and I'm sure it'll be pretty cool. I think if you look at it as something to replace golf, you're you're looking in the wrong place. But I think this, you're right. This seems to me like it was it's kind of golf's version of like the home run derby, something a little little different. Nobody puts that much stock into it, but it's something exciting to watch, and you get some of those like you know probably big name matchups, you know, automatically. I think it could be fun, you know, just as kind of a supplement. I think that's a good way to look at it, not as something to replace any golf, but something to kind of there's no golf on Mondays right now so if we have something that's golf related on Mondays that's not uh the stiff curry putt putt show that's terrible by the way if you've ever watched that um I'm, I'm all in for it no and like Brady I think you hit the nail on the head there uh it's just gonna be like all-star weekend NBA home run derby just and those events are fun if they do them right um so we won't have Bryson showing up to see how far he can hit it on the simulator. So thank sure. God. Uh, well, you saw what Jay um, Monahan came out with today as well. I did. Yep, I was going to read some of that. Um, I mean, they're doing the right thing here, but it's just a little, little too late. I mean, Ricky Fowler and Tiger and Rory have all said that. PGA kind of dropped the ball with the whole live thing, and I kind of agree with that. They just they should have just taken um, action a little sooner than they did. I mean, no one thought that they were going to gain this much steam that quick, but I mean, looks like the uh, they're throwing a little bit more cash around, which will be a little more appealing to players especially when they're traveling and not making the cut i think the right things are definitely happening i still am not a, a live fan and i still wasn't really that concerned about live until all the cameron smith stuff started happening and then it kind of does make you wonder if 
You got a guy who's on the brink of being the number one player in the world who just won the Open Championship, who's extremely well-liked by everybody pretty much on tour and people watching, jumps over to live. And I didn't really realize it when we had talked about it before, but I've heard a bunch of stuff about how, like, the PGA Tour has been kind of shitty towards Australia. Um, not directly, but, like, they don't host – there's no PGA events in Australia. They haven't really done anything to – help out the players from Australia in that regard. Um, which I mean, they're not, nobody says they have to, but it would be kind of nice. You have like Jason day and Mark Leishman and Cam Smith and all these guys who are big name players from Australia. It would be kind of cool to have a tournament over there. And there's some really nice courses in Australia and they just haven't yeah. done anything. It seems like, uh, it seems like players from Australia for a while have been maybe kind of pushing for something like that, just a little bit of, hey, throw us a bone over here and haven't really gotten anything. So from that perspective, I could see where they would be bitter about some of that stuff. So I don't know. I don't know all the details, but I have heard some of that stuff. I mean, you got three major winners from Australia. So Adam Scott. Now four, Adam, including Adam Scott. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's all just – we don't know everything. It's just a lot going on. It's it's just I'll tell you who I'm worried about. Um I mean it won't really affect us, but this just goes for like future Asian golfers. But did you see the what was the number that was going around that they're throwing at Hideki? Was it like four hundred million dollars? I'm sure it was a lot because they know if they get him, they get it's they get the whole yeah. country of Japan and yeah. those sponsors and all that. And and Hideki was, I think I saw that he was at this players players only meeting. Um, he, I don't think he was. He wasn't there, and Cameron Smith wasn't there. So maybe oh. maybe Hideki still goes. I don't know. I had the picture just now and I lost it, but. Um, I think that everyone will wait till after the President's Cup because Trevor Immelman just said that anyone who commits to live before the President's Cup is out. And Hideki so, and Cam Smith are both on that team. Yeah. Um, Abe Answer's out. Yep. Um, Goose Stazen's out. So. I, I saw that list. Why, why does the international team have, like, I think it's eight automatics and the U.S. has six. Why do they have – I think they make their own rules on who automatically qualifies. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's um, it, it's a picture. Let's see. Sung J.M., Mito Pereira, Corey Connors, Hideki, Adam Scott, Cam Smith, Ju Young Kim, and Joaquin Neiman are the automatic qualifiers for the international team. And then Finau, Cantley, Scheffler, Shoffley, Justin Thomas, Sam Burns. Uh for the American team. And I don't know how long it's been since the international team won this thing. It's been, or have they ever? I don't know. if the, I know that they've tied. I don't know if they've ever won. Well, the president, like it's, I was in Charlotte last weekend and, you know, everyone was talking about it over the past year and the buzz is still there, but it's not as prominent as it was because I mean, with yeah, it, never, it never is for the President's Cup either way. I mean, it, it's it's a fun team Ryder Cup style event, but it's it's still um, a pretty big deal. It's not as big as Ryder Cup, but it's still a pretty big deal. And uh, I just I think that losing uh, DJ has really lost a lot of people's uh, um interest just you know being a good guy from the Carolinas and some of the other bigger names I just don't understand why people like Bryson <laughs> but uh uh international team won in 98 at Royal Melbourne in Australia yeah and uh there's there was a tie in 2003 can we go back to the Australia thing, though? Do you guys really think that that's, like, a reasonable thing, that because they won't play a tournament in your country, you should just leave? I mean, on the surface, no, but I don't know what kind of conversations there have been leading up to this, whether they've, like, the PGA's promised that they'll do that and then they never do or follow through on stuff like that. I don't know. But it, just on the surface, no. I don't think that's a valid reason for me to, to say it's okay to leave, but – 
it's also easier said than done. They're like on a completely different schedule. So like your TV ratings are going to go in the shitter if you play it in, in Australia. Like, yeah. I mean, they do, they have like the Zozo in Japan and stuff like that. Like the, they do like the, the, the CJ cup, which is, uh, that's in Hungary. Where uh, they have the Palmetto, yeah, yeah, it's it's in South Korea. There you go. Um, so they do a lot of, but Brady, I think it's just like the sponsored, you know, like we were talking about earlier in Atlanta. I think it's just corporate sponsor dollars with those, you know, I think those larger Asian markets are going to throw around a little bit more money than the Australians are. Now they're definitely not going to Australia since Craig Norman is royally fucked everyone well he's been trying to do this since the 80s i mean we've kind of been texting about that so um that might have been just kind of sticking it to him from day one that's a good possibility that that's probably honestly more of a reason for them to go is because greg norman's the one running this thing and all these guys probably grew up kind of idolizing greg norman being from Mm -hmm. australia and on the pga tour and he probably has a carries a lot of weight with, with the Cam Smiths and the Mark Leishmans and and Adam Scott and Jason Day haven't. I think Adam Scott was in talks to go at one point, but he was he was at the players only meeting. Sounds like he's not going. Doesn't look like Jason Day's going anywhere. So I don't know. Um, but you think Adam Scott would go back if the live let him use his mega putter again? That thing sucks. <laughs> God. It Did still he, looks ridiculous, the one he uses now. Yeah, I don't like the, even the arm lock. Zalatoris does the, the arm lock thing, um, and I'm not a fan of that. Bryson does it. Not a fan of him at all, but um, I don't know. The uh, the the letter from Jay Monahan today um, outlined a lot of stuff, a lot of changes that they're going to make that actually make a lot of sense, especially now, and I don't know. Like you said, Brady, I'm not going to admit that the live live tour caused all these changes to happen. Um, Come on, I'm, I, I refuse to admit it, and I will not do it. And I'm going to hold strong the same way that Jay Monahan's held strong against the live tour. Um, but a lot of good changes, I think, are getting made, especially. And we talked last week, Brady, about how yeah, this might be really good for the top 20, 30 players, but it just kind of shits on all the other people. And in a way, it kind of does. But they put a lot of things in here that are really beneficial for those players that aren't in that top tier, too. And I'm not going to read the letter word for word, but they're having all these new elevated events. Basically, they have a tour within a tour where the top however many players commit to all of these tournaments. So before we get into it, I got some numbers. Um, 34 weeks of the current calendar year, the the 21 of the top 30 players who were at last week's meeting, the players only meeting, there were 21 players. They're all in the top 30. Uh, Other than the four majors, all 21 only played together four other times, three other times. And that was the first two weeks of the playoffs this year, the St. Jude and BMW and the players championship. So that's four majors plus those three tournaments, seven times all year where 21 of the top 30 players all were in the tournament field together. That's not a great look if you're the PGA Tour when you have all of those good players only playing at the same time that many times. It doesn't look great. Over the rest of the year, um, 15 or more of those top 30 players competed in the same field only five times. So there's a a list here. so this is this is counting the 21 players that were at that meeting. So you're not counting Bryson and Brooks and DJ and Cam Smith and those guys that are in the top 30, Patrick Reed. <clears throat> at the WGC match play, 19 of them played together. Scottish Open was 15. Genesis and Waste Management and the Memorial was 15. It goes down. You get down to like the 3M Open, only one of them played in that. And that was your boy, Brady, Tony Finau. Um, even like the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, only four of them played in that. Wells Fargo, only six played in it. Canadian Open that Rory won coming out off of all the live news, only eight of them played in that one. Nine at the Travelers, 12 at the Farmers. And even like the RBC Heritage that's at 
Harbortown. Only 12 of them played in that together. So the PGA Tour is doing something now that's solving that problem where they're getting these guys to commit to these tournaments beforehand, promising a ton of money and getting all the players on the same page where they're all – they might they, – they're still not going to go play the, the John Deere Classic in Iowa, but the big 12, 15 tournaments a year – you're going to have all of the best players there every single year, which I think is going to be really nice. So these eight elevated events that they announced a couple months ago, there's going to be another four added to it for the regular season that all of these guys are going to be committed to with an average purse of $20 million at each tournament. Um, for the first time ever, top, all the top players are making a collective commitment to participate in all 12 of those events if they're eligible, um, plus the three plus three additional FedEx Cup events of their choosing. So basically, they have to play in those 12 plus three other ones. They can pick whichever ones they want. So maybe somebody will pick the John Deere. Maybe they'll get the, uh, the Greenbrier back and somebody will play in that one, but very unlikely. Um, the player impact program changes a little bit. Uh, they're now rewarding 20 players, but it doesn't have anything to do with social media stuff now. It's just the best 20 players statistically, I guess, is the way they're doing that. Um, this is the big one for all those kind of lower tier players that are not in the top 30. There's an earnings assurance program. All fully exempt members on the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour guaranteed a $500,000 league minimum. So they're guaranteed to make that every year, no matter what, if you're on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, so if even if you don't win a tournament, so if you – whatever winnings you have below 500000 at the end of the year, they're going to write you a check that gets you up to that 500000 Or uh, you can get paid that at the beginning of the year. So they'll give it to you first thing. And then same thing Liv's doing right now. Your, your winnings basically – not get subtracted from that, but if you don't make more than 500,000, that's all you're getting. Uh, Non-exempt members, which is ranked 126 to 150, uh, have access to a travel stipend program, which will give them $5,000 for every missed cut to reimburse them for travel expenses, basically. Um, it's, and they, apparently they do something like that now and not to that extent. Um, it says it'll help them with uh, travel costs and other tournament-related expenses. Uh, starting in next season, anybody who makes a tour championship uh, gets a two-season exemption, um, and anybody in the tour championship gets into the Century Tournament of Champions now. Um, a couple other little things, but those were the big ones. So a lot of uh, good stuff that they're doing that it sounds like the players really wanted that sounded like whether whether Jay Monahan liked it or not, he didn't have a choice. Yeah, they were just – I mean, they needed to do all that just from speaking with people who have done it and working with a couple people who caddying PGA events. Like, if you miss the cut, you're just shit out of luck, you know, as a caddy, as a player, especially on the Corn Ferry Tour because those guys aren't making any money. So they, they needed to kind of spread the wealth there a little bit. So they're, they're, they're doing the right thing. I, I'm glad they're putting it up and, and I agree with you guys. It's the right thing to do. But I think what we have to think about is Wes, you just named the four, four guys, one guy, three guys. We're going to have zero guys playing a lot of these tournaments now. So there's, there's going to be some, some famine at, at these tournaments where we're not going to know anyone and, I am a bit concerned of that. Like, I don't know, golf is kind of like baseball. It's like almost always there for you. And when you have no guys in the top, top slots there, um, that's, that's going to suck. I mean, I, I wonder about it from a business standpoint. I mean, I'm assuming they got their big sponsors to pony up more, but I have a hard time believing that John Deere is okay with this. Like they're probably not going to want to sponsor a golf tournament where it's almost certain that they're not going to get, the good golfers to play in it. Well, and they don't get anybody now, but I think the the thing they're still going to have the more tournaments you play in, the more FedEx points you're going to be able to accumulate. So they're still going to have the people who want to play in more tournaments just to get the more points to get into the playoffs. But 
and it'll be like a play-in system kind of West. Like you can be demoted, promoted from like the top twenty. I mean, right. it's not just gonna be the same twenty guys. So it'll be just like kind of like a playoff push, I guess. And I mean, as as we saw like from last year, like Harris English, you know, was top five FedEx Cup uh, player, and he wasn't even the top one twenty five this year. So. It's just going to depend on the week and the year who's in what events. I mean, I don't think we're going to see Rory playing in the John Deere, but, like, maybe we'll see, like, a Jordan Spieth if he's not playing as well or something like that. So, And maybe they'll work I out some things. I see what you're saying, Brady, but I think they'll, they'll, they'll keep working on it. Maybe yeah, they'll I'm work just, out. I'm worried. I'm not saying this is definitely what's going to happen, but, I mean, anytime you're starting to elevate the bigger tournaments, you have to wonder what's going to happen to the, the middle to lower tier of it. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. They're going to have – I don't even remember now if the majors were included in that 12 number, but, I mean, there's 52 weeks in a year. Obviously, they're not going to play golf all 52 weeks, but if I think it said they have to they have to play at least 20 tournaments. So that would be 12 tournaments plus four majors plus – actually, I think the majors were included in that 12. So 12 plus your three additional ones gives you 15 – Plus, you got to play in just five more random tournaments throughout the year. So, hopefully, they can figure out a way to spread it out enough where they get, I don't know, two or three big names at least in every tournament. And maybe they'll try to do it like like Jordan Spieth always plays in in the the Texas tournaments, like the Valero Open and stuff like that. Maybe they can figure out, which they didn't do a, a very good job in Australia apparently, but kind of cater into where some of these guys are from and getting some some local people in there, but. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I uh, th- there's a no laying up video coming on tonight where Neil did the hundred hole hike at Sweetens Cove. He walked a hundred holes in a in a one day. Um, it donated a bunch of stuff to charity. It was really cool. I think I'm gonna. I need to. I need to do that. I'm but shocked I, you haven't yet. This this is all walking, every bit of well, it. And I, I sat down and figured out some numbers today. Just off the top of your head, just take a, a wild guess. If I were to walk 100 holes at the country club, how far that would be distance-wise. Okay, let me do some quick math here real quick. Got any guesses real quick while he's thinking, um, Brady? Just a random guess. I, I am going to – I'm going to remain silent and not be, not be proven an idiot. Just assumed one. Hold on. Brady, just just without even thinking, more or less than a marathon. More. That could make me be an idiot by the end of this. I probably should have just remained silent. <laughs> <laughs> it was a trap. Oh, and Wes, I'm gonna say roughly like 28 miles. It's less than that. At the country club, based on their website, I just rounded to sixty five hundred. If it if you're if you're playing from the tips, it's like sixty three something. If you round that uh-huh. to sixty five hundred, it ends up being five full rounds plus ten additional holes, gets you right around twenty miles. Okay. Yeah. yeah but you're you're doing the distance but from the team. You're not you're not doing this. Yeah, yeah. I mean you're I, yeah, that's was, just specifically T to T to pin. Yeah, because I was going um, – I was going – because I used to keep my track of my steps at work, and I had a really long day. And I, I, I did two rounds that day, and I had two bags both, both rounds. And I think I walked 36 holes, and it was 22 miles. <laughs> I would – But I would it, 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 was, it was this all day. Yeah. Um, I would so, I would bet at the country club when you factor in like going from the green to the next uh, hole and I'd say it's no, probably twenty five miles maybe. Yeah, and it's it's and Ocean Course is a little bit more spread out, and that day was windy, so you know you had people like hundred fifty yards from each other. So, um, yeah, I know I'd say it's about a yeah I'd say it's about a marathon. I don't know. Um... I feel like you would almost have to have the course to yourself to be able to even get that done in a single day. Like that would be really hard if you like didn't plan it out to where like they knew this was happening and they sort of catered to you. If there were other people in the course, there's no way that would happen. 
Unless so other it, people were doing the same thing. They yeah, they do it down here and everyone everyone is doing the same thing. And uh like they've got some rules in place, so um I I just don't know much about it. But I, I did see that preview for the Sweetens Co video and uh, I'm definitely gonna watch that. I'm gonna watch that tonight. I'm gonna watch the uh the welcome to Rexham, the Rob McElhaney and Ryan Reynolds soccer team documentary. That uh, debuts in about fifty minutes. Nice. I met Ryan Reynolds once, and he was legitimately the nicest person I've ever met. In my he seems life. like he is. He is he's like, not as nice as Tony Finau, though. No, he's is. also so handsome. It's just like not fair. Was Blake Lively with him? She was. I met her, and I met her parents because they got married down here, and um, they stayed at the hotel I worked at for seven years he stayed with us for off and on for like two weeks so they like got to know us how have you and never you're... heard this story yeah that sounds like a wonderful story dude i mean we had to like park I the car we had to like walk him into the car off of market street like on the back street because people knew that where, where they were staying we were just like a small 64 room in and uh like you would just get angry just how nice he was. Like he memorized people's names. That's usually not the case with the, you know, high profile A-list celebrities like that. And like I said, he's like six two in great shape, just handsome. She's gorgeous. Her parents were really weird, but <laughs> nice people. But yeah, they, they got married down here. They got married out at Boone Hall. That was like 2013. So I don't have any more golf, Brady. I know you wanted to get to one more thing. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I didn't ask you what details you wanted to talk about, but uh, you wanted to get into some college football talk. Yeah, I didn't really have any details planned. I just, I don't know. I, it's, it's kind of. We've done it at least the past year. We, we give our picks that are absolutely terrible. Oh yeah, we're getting really close to. It starts this weekend, I guess, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's week zero this week, baby. I mean, I'm I'm probably never going to pick against Alabama again. I don't I don't see the point. Well, and and they they didn't win last year, so that sounds kind of dumb now saying that. But they're the preseason number one. They have That's, been every year. Even more reason to pick them that it's not a a back to back scenario. You're yeah, just... that's a good point. And the, everything I've been, I haven't even really paid attention to a lot of stuff. But it sounds like the only other team that might be up there is Ohio State. I think Georgia lost a ton of defense. So Georgia has three first place votes, but it, and and you heard who got one first place vote, right? I did not. Someone voted for Texas for for number one. Of course they did. <laughs> somebody somebody from Texas probably. I don't know if they ever revealed who it was, but the the list I'm looking at doesn't even have them in the top twenty five. But I know someone voted for them for for number one. Um, I, I I won't take Alabama. I'll take uh. I don't even know who's going to be good this year. I'll. What other SEC teams were good last year, other than Alabama and Georgia? LSU was down. Florida kind of stuck Every it team up was the down. Florida Florida lost to Tennessee and South Carolina. Clemson wasn't that good last year. Kentucky was surprisingly good, but they're not going to do anything. You know, they're going to finish nine and three at best. How about Oklahoma? Now that Spencer Rattler is gone, I can finally root for their their other quarterback that replaced him. That's gone too. He, he I don't care. I just could not root for them when Spencer he, did he come to? Did he see at South Carolina now? Yeah. Yep. Shane Shane Beamer's coaching them hard, apparently. Yeah, I don't like him either. I'm with you on that, Brady. He just looks like a tool bag. He looks like a Disney Channel villain. <laughs> <laughs> just like the uh, like bus bully with the leather jacket. <laughs> Who's I don't know who Oklahoma's quarterback is. They're What's his name? Caleb Williams, who was their quarterback that replaced Spencer Rattler, went to USC with uh, whoever the coach was that left. Don't know his name it's, it's either. It's going to be 
it's going to be Georgia and Alabama again. They're going to play each other in the SEC championship game. They're both going to get into the playoff. They're not going to put them. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. I'm sure Clemson's going to be decent. I couldn't. What about Notre Dame? What do they have? Yeah, but they're they're so overrated because Brian Kelly's at LSU now. Oh, that's right. So they're always overrated, though. They yeah. Um, Paul Feinbaum like went on a rant about how they shouldn't be in the top twenty-five and they're in the top ten. So, how about Wake with their? Did that guy get hurt? Did their quarterback get hurt? I don't know if he got uh, hurt. Something happened to him there where he's, he's not playing. So, Forrest's wife, she went to Wake, and I was talking to her about it. Because he's like a uh, – I forget the kid's name. He actually went to high school down here in Mount Pleasant. Jamie Newman, There's like right? this – yeah, and he's like a – he's like – he's supposed to finish like top five in the Heisman. Um, you know, like he's a Heisman candidate. But uh, he has like blood clots. He's like uh-huh. – he has blood clots in his like arm or his leg or something. I think it's his arm, and uh, there are rumors going around that it was from the COVID vaccine. So <laughs> I, that that's a rumor. Uh, that's also the people of North Carolina talking about that. So, uh, but yeah, Wake's Wake's supposed to be pretty good. Um, did you see? Did you at, see who who North Carolina's starting quarterback is on Saturday? No, who's that? The the brother of North Carolina basketball hero Luke May. Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew that he was. Uh, yeah, I knew that he was on the football team. Drake May, starting quarterback. Oh, That's nice. A great name. That is a great name. Brady, are the Hokies going to have anything for us this year? They are eight and a half point favorites over ODU to open up the the season. I think that tells you all you need to know. Yeah. I don't know. I I do this every year, and I start with such high hopes, and I really like their new coach. And all the coaches have had really, really good things to say about their quarterback. Uh, so I'm going to be optimistic, just like I always am, just to be let down very quickly into the season. I think he's going to be good. Yeah. I think he's going to be good for a long time. He might not be good this year. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly what I was going to say. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope my optimism pulls them up, but. I don't know. Uh, I'm not optimistic about my optimism. We'll put it that way. Well, maybe they just shock everybody. I mean, the ACC is going to be down. UVA's got like that decent redheaded fuck as quarterback. Yeah, the left hander. Um, yeah, what's his name? Brennan Armstrong. Yeah. Who is UVA's Most, coach now? Who uh, the the. Offensive coordinator from Clemson, Tony something. Oh, yeah, um, the African-American guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, he left Clemson, came to UVA. Brent Venables left and went to uh, Oklahoma. Went to Oklahoma, yeah. So, Dabba's – Dabba might be scratching his head a little bit because he doesn't – Dabba's just a cheerleader. You know can you that, think right? of a <laughs> – can you think of a more perfect UVA name than Brennan, though? Oh, that's perfect. Uh, no, I could think of a hundred more. <laughs> I could think of some white ass names. Brennan, the left-handed, red-haired quarterback, who's apparently pretty good. I don't know. He was good all last year until he played Virginia Tech. Yeah, his PP kicked in. I'm just excited to have it back, guys. I've missed football so much. Me too. See, I- I hate the NFL now. I'm just excited about college football. I'm I'm not going to go as far as say I hate the NFL, but I've always liked college football more. The Red Zone is God's gift to Earth. Dan Snyder has just ripped my heart out and <laughs> kicked it. I think I'm converted to the Carolina Panthers. I, but that's, I'm excited for Baker Mayfield this year. Starting quarterback, I, saw that. Hey, forgot about this too. Uh, the the trailer for the new PGA Tour video game came out. Uh, Tiger Woods is on the cover. You can play as Tiger Woods. You can play as Michael Jordan in the game if you want. I'm excited. Is yeah, there... the, the commer- 
The commercial had Shooter McGavin. Yeah, he's a big like 2K spokesperson. I, is there like a glitch in the game where Michael Jordan gets a hole in one and then reaches down to grab it and gets it just turns into Space Jam? Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be cool. Maybe Larry Bird's in the game too. I don't when have I play, anything else. When I go go ahead, in, When I play golf down in Birmingham this summer at Country Club in Birmingham, I try to make that Space Jam joke like four times and no one got it. Those people <laughs> suck. Michael Jordan played for the Birmingham Barons. Yeah. And it was the Birmingham Country Club in the movie, not the Country Club of Birmingham. But I was just like, where did Michael Jordan get sucked down in the hole? He was playing golf with Bill Murray and Larry Bird. You need to reevaluate who you're hanging out with if people didn't get that no, joke. No, they were great guys, just not spaced. Well, two of the guys were like a little bit older. So I I could see that they weren't really in that Space Jam age demographic, but still. It's a great movie. Who's I don't even know who's playing. We got uh we've got forty eight seconds left. Thirty eight seconds left. Oh, I meant who we got for the the golf tournament. Oh, I'll take I'll take the the leader. Give me Scheffler. He's had a good year. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go Patrick Cantlay back to back. You guys, you guys took the top two. You know who I want. Big tune. That's right. Happy uh, dark, dark horse, JT Poston to play well. I hope so. I like JT Poston. See you next week.